You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kate Constable on a Friday. Indeed, the weekend is upon us. Hopefully it's nice and sunny and, and warm wherever you are. Uh, having a good time. I was just in Chicago, now back home in Miami, and a person who was feeling and doing it right in Vegas for the Summer League, a buddy from Fox Sports, your own Weitzman. I, I know I messed up. It's it's your it's your own, your own. How do you say it, man? I'm awful with these names, even though I do this for a living. <laughs> no, you got it. You You nailed it. Good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So you were out in Vegas, summer league action, always a good time. You know, I live in Miami and the summer league broadcast, they actually broadcast the summer league games on the radio here in, in Miami. So that's how hardcore it is here. The rookies, obviously Wembeyama and, and company, how, how was the summer league vibe? I mean, it was a record setting crowd to see him. Yeah, no, that was uh for sure. It was definitely, um, you definitely felt the atmosphere of people just interested in seeing him play and watching him and seeing what this phenomenon looks like for sure. We've seen quite a few of these rookies have good, you know, couple of games in summer league. Keontae George before uh, he got hurt was playing really well. Cam Whitmore has also played really well. Uh, of the uh, young players that you've seen so far in summer league, which do you think can actually make a significant impact once we get to the regular season for their team? Um, I'll give you an answer, and then I'll give you something else. So two things. One is the secret is people, the more if you're at Summer League, the uh, the more you're at Summer League, the less games you actually watch at Summer League. So I'll give you that as my caveat in terms of I'm not the uh, – I am not I, I did not see all games um, in terms of analyzing rookies. Um, but I think the injury thing would be assuming he's healthy, and I think he will be too – Scoot Henderson looked pretty impressive and great, and we all kind of know that, and clearly Portland is ready to build around him anyway, um, but he looked pretty pretty good and exciting, and I think Blazers fans are going to feel pretty good about having him as the cornerstone of the franchise moving forward. One of the uh, interesting stories of, of the Summer League, I think, is Chet Holmgren. Obviously, he he lost all his rookie season with with an injury. Now he's back as a second year guy, still kind of a rookie with a with a with an Oklahoma City team that could really do some things. How has Chet, you know, how how has he looked post injury? How is that feeling? And how is he going to be able to get get into the with with the high octane stuff they got over over with, with the Thunder? Yeah, no, he looks great, and that's that. He that the way you said that as you set that up is perfect, and that's exactly it, right? It's kind of like it's almost the equivalent of a uh, lottery pick being added to a playoff team, which we don't really have regularly, right? Just by the nature of what a lottery pick means. Um, but because he missed all year, and because how good of how good the Thunder 
were last year and how ascendant they are, uh, it's going to be really, really fun. And it's sort of, I think, his level of play and what, how good he is and how comfortable he is and how quickly he's able to reach the level that they clearly think he's um, the level player they clearly think he is. I think that's going to sort of determine if OKC is ready to maybe pump the brakes on some of the uh, you know rebuilding type stuff and go to phase two mm-hmm. here of like actually acquiring talent to build around Shay and Chet and Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy and this incredible young core that they have. Victor Wembanyama is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, and he's a pretty heavy favorite. But Chet Holgram, uh, second on the odds boards, not far behind. You also talked about Scoot Henderson looking really good earlier. How do you approach, you know, thinking about the Rookie of the Year and that market? Is Wembanyama just kind of a shoe in to run away with this thing? No, I'm actually surprised. I, I I wouldn't. I would stay away from Victor. Not that I would bet on the NBA as a reporter, but um, the idea that uh. You know, I, I don't think the Spurs are going to play him enough games, right? I think he's going to be sitting a lot of games. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty cautious about him health-wise. So that would concern me, whereas Scoot and Chet, I think, be putting up pretty big numbers. So I, I get why Victor is the favorite, but to me, that, that would not be a great bet. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm trying to convince myself that my Cam Whitmore at 20 to one is, is still a pretty good bet, especially the way he's looked. I mean, I, I think he may, he may have to deal with his own teammate uh, to be rookie of the year, but I think uh, there, there's a definitely motivating factor for with Cam Whitmore. All right, I'm in Miami, and the we are with bated breath with this whole Dame Lillard, is he coming? Uh, the Portland GM. Well, this could take months. Maybe we'll get it. You know, maybe, maybe not. What have you? What are you hearing? Is this thing going to happen soon, or is this Portland kind of putting the screws to Dame for for putting them in a position where Miami is the only option? Yeah, I don't know if it's putting the screws on purpose. I, it's going to take a little time. There's just, there's no reason for Portland to do this trade right now. Uh, you might as well wait. Uh, see if you can get some more to Miami. See if you can get some other teams into the market. I will say Dame. <laughs> he's not it's it, it with the move for Dame if you want to get to Miami he kind of mishandled this the, is you don't say it out loud necessarily you know you keep that <laughs> quiet and you let Portland get some other teams in the bidding and then that allows them to get the deal they need to send you to Miami um when you just it's when it's just one team that you when it's just negotiating with one team Portland's gonna have to hold off a little bit and I think Portland's probably you know they, they should have traded him a year and a half ago whatever um I also think the packages for Miami that's out there is not horrendous considering the situation that Portland's in where they already have like the good young players. They already have Scoot. They already have Shaden Sharp. Um, get some picks and kind of move on. So I, I think he will end up in Miami. I'd be pretty surprised if we get deep in the training camp and Dame is still in Portland. But um, if you're Joe Cronin, the Blazers GM, like there's no reason to do it right now. You got to try to create some leverage in some situations and, in the negotiations to try to see what you can get. Like, this is it. This is the one time you have to make a trade like this. Yeah, never having been traded or moved from Portland, Dame doesn't quite know how to play the game. He's shown all his cards right away. James Harden is someone who has made quite a few moves in his career, so he should know <laughs> how to do this thing. Uh, but there ha- seems to not have been much movement over the past couple of weeks in terms of Philly moving him. Is there a shot that James Harden is actually on the Sixers roster once the season starts? 
No, for sure. That's definitely, I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but definitely a good chance. Again, it's a similar thing. Dal Morey's not going to trade James Harden for a uh, poo-poo platter from the Clippers, right, just because Harden wants to go there. And I think the Sixers <laughs> believe that they have some leverage here. Harden, Harden's got one year left on his deal, and he needs to the free agent next year. And he needs to play well and to show that, to show something that he's able to be either explosive or a good teammate or a mix of both. You know, he's, he's dangerously close to sort of ending up on that Russell Westbrook-like track of just, you know, minimum type deals year to year. Whereas if he plays well, he can get a major, major contract next season. So I think the Sixers are sort of relying uh, on that. And they, they, they are aware of that, obviously, and they, they think that's going to help them. Um, whether James Harden will be a rational actor in such a situation, that's a good question. But, yeah, I, I don't – I'd be almost surprised if Harden uh, – come training camp, Harden not on the Sixers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of adult establishments, for lack of a better word, all over the country in Phoenix and L.A., Philadelphia, that need to know if James Harden they need to know if they need to have more staff because James is a critical part of the local economy there. Speaking of L.A., James, uh, LeBron James made it official. He's coming back, um, motivated by the words of Mike uh, of Mike Michael Malone. Um, the Lakers plus twelve hundred to win the chip, plus six fifty to win the West. Nuggets still the favorite of plus four seventy five. How do you see a Lakers with LeBron as they attempt to get back to the mountaintop? Uh, I mean, I'm really curious to see. Also, yeah, we, we all knew LeBron was coming back. That was. I'm glad he clarified for us. That was good. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm curious to see. I forget. I don't have it in front of me. But their record, you know, post trade post trade deadline with the new lineups and new players and things like that was really really good. And Austin Reeves was sort of this um, gigantic uh, revelation mm-hmm. and discovery for them and an injection of talent and skill that made an incredible difference to them. And they have him on. Now, this contract, he might be the most valuable contract in the NBA considering the number they got him to resign on as a restricted free agent. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, Denver to me is the clear, clear favorite, but I'm not sleeping in L.A. I'm curious, and LeBron's going to be – they're all motivated, and they have this new team that's deeper and there's more versatility. And like I mentioned, Reeves, and you have D'Angelo Russell, and we'll see what happens with AD's health. But, yeah, no, the Lakers are in really good position here going forward. Probably the best – they're the best. This is the best they've been set up entering the season. I will check now since before the Westbrook deal. So what was that? Three years ago, whatever that was. So you like the Nuggets to repeat? Uh, no Bruce Brown this season. Uh, and then you have like the Phoenix Suns who traded for Bradley Beal. Uh, they're very top heavy. I'm not sure they have a ton of depth. Golden State brought Draymond Green back. So it seems like this West is just absolutely loaded. But you still think that the Nuggets have a, a good shot to repeat this season. That would be your pick? Yeah, that'd be my pick. I mean, I guess if it's Nuggets or Field, I'd probably take the field just for the odds, right? But, um, no, I mean, Jokic right now, we, we see he's the best player in the NBA, and there's no answer for him. Um, and Jamal Murray's great in quarter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they lost they lost in depth. Um, but yeah, they still have the core, that core of uh, Jokic, Porter, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon. It's still an incredible, incredible group. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's no answer for Jokic, so I think Denver's clearly the favorite during the season. Jerome Weitzman from Fox Sports is joining us. We we saw a team 
that made a big leap in the Sacramento Kings. You know, all of a sudden they went from sort of a, a bit of a laughing stock to to a, a significant player in in the in the conference. Can a team like the Kings make a jump next year? Like who who will be the Sacramento Kings of of this coming season? No, who's going to be the Sacramento Kings? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. The Pacers are interesting, I guess. We'll see. I'm, I'm thinking LA. You know, I kind of look at teams here. The Pacers are interesting and fun, and Tyrese Halliburton is fantastic. Uh, throw, throw out some other teams for me. Give me, give me some guys here. Give me some names. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know necessarily they can be the Sacramento Kings, but what about the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, they get Marcus Smart. The whole John Morant situation, I think, personally, I've always said their issue is the locker room. They need a, they need somebody, you know, and, and again, in Miami, we had, you know, Udonis Haslam, who sort of, you know, was the, the, the epitome of heat culture. They need somebody to sort of police that locker room. Are they going to get it right? Are they going to be able to turn things around in Memphis? Um, it'll be really interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it all hinges on John Morant. I like the Marcus Smart trade for them. I think that's good. And, again, if everyone's on the floor – Marcus Smart um, replacing Dylan Brooks is an upgrade. You know, it's a better version of Dylan Brooks. He's basically everything that Dylan Brooks thinks he is, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I like that deal. For, I like that deal for them, and they have to be younger guys that can keep getting better. Uh, Isaiah Williams and guys like that. Um, it's all going to come down to what Jaw's situation is. And again, what is he? I think 20, 30 games. I forget. Is it what thirty or twenty-five? Yeah. I forget what it is. Um, but 30. so the, obviously, in the standings are going to take a hit, and the West, you know. If you look through the teams in the West, like there's not so much wiggle room in terms of the standings. Like everyone except, let's say, Portland and the Spurs are pretty trying to win. They're pretty good, right? Um, Minnesota will be the interesting one too. That's another one to keep an eye on in terms of just it did not go well last year. It's the sort of thing where, okay, they had a year to figure out the Gobert Towns thing, and now they can sort of make a little leap or get back to where they thought they were, or is it going to just the whole thing would be a disaster, and are they going to have to trade towns to try to sort of extricate themselves out of the whole towns go bear pairing? Growing up in Minnesota, I can uh, attest that this is probably going to be another disaster year because that kind of seems how all Minnesota sports uh, have gone throughout my lifetime. But we touched on Marcus Smart going to the Grizzlies, which means he's no longer with the Celtics. How would you grade the Celtics' move to bring in Kristaps Porzingis uh, and move Marcus Smart? Um, interesting. I guess the grade, I, it's hard to grade it. Um, I think I like it. Um, yeah, I like it. It's interesting. It's really interesting. They're, but they needed some, uh, front court, uh, depth, which is funny because you don't think of Porzingis as like a depth guy because he's never healthy. Well, he was last year, but historically he's had trouble staying on the court. Um, but Al Horford's about 90 years old, so they even can't keep relying on him. And Robert Williams, again, has had, uh, injury issues throughout his career. Um, so yeah, Porzingis, like they needed some more depth and more ability there to rely on playing some bigs. Um, I think they wanted to change some things in terms of who is in the locker room and the voices. So Grant Williams, Marcus Smart. Uh, I, I'm a little worried about them not having like Smart was probably their best passer. I'm a little worried about them losing their best passer when they're a team who could already be stagnant. Um, I do think Joe Mazzullo will benefit from this being in year two and they, bolstered his staff with some veteran assistant coaches, which is not exactly the kind of thing we all can talk about, but with someone like that and in the situation that he was in and the background he has of never having been a head coach before, an NBA head coach before, 
I think that can make a huge difference and probably something they should have done last year as well. So, I mean, Boston, it's going to come, it's still the Jays, right? Tatum and Brown. Um, they're still a final contender. I'm very curious to see how this ball looks with Porzingis in there. Yeah, 5-1, to one, the Celtics favorite uh, to win the NBA championship coming out of the East. That's your own Weitzman from Fox Sports, covers the NBA. Thanks for hanging out with us. More to get to. We're going to take a little bit of break. MLB baseball is back. We'll get into today's card with Kate Constable. I'm Jim Rodriguez. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM.